The hosts feel it would be a little unkind to present this podcast without just a word of friendly warning. We are about to unfold the story of Frankenstein, a man of science who sought to create a man after his own image without reckoning upon God. It is one of the strangest tales ever told. It deals with the two great mysteries of creation, life and death. I think it will thrill you. It may shock you. It might even horrify you. So if any of you feel that you do not care to subject your nerves to such a strain, now's your chance to. Well, we've warned you. Hello, and welcome once again to the Frankencast. I'm the mad scientist, Anthony Bowman. My pronouns are he, him, and I'm joined as always by... The guy who always steals your good ideas and markets them as his own, uh, Eric Velasquez. My pronouns are also he, him. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Hey, do you you know anything about Thomas Edison, Anthony? (laughs) Right. (laughs) This movie that's known the world over as Edison's Frankenstein, Mm -hmm. which Thomas Edison did not direct. Right. You know, I, I imagine if he could have gotten away with it, he would have taken full credit for that story. Oh, for sure. Uh, so yeah, we're going back to what 1904. I think the the it was a re- it was released in 1910, right. but I'm not sure when it was filmed. It's I think it is officially the earliest adaptation of Frankenstein. I believe this one came out, and then there were maybe two that are now lost, and then the Universal one, if I remember correctly. Yeah, fair uh, enough. But yeah, this one is directed by J. Searle Dolly, but, you know, because it was created for Edison's production company, it's, everyone knows it as Edison's Frankenstein. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we really only have, what, uh, maybe five actors? We've got Frankenstein, Elizabeth, we've got Dad, and some random old guy, and then the monster? Yeah, that's pretty much, there's, there's, yeah, there's like one guy in one scene who I think is kind of supposed to be Clerval, but is I don't think is explicitly indicated right. as being him. And he's only in there um, for like five seconds. Yeah. <laughs> so six, six, uh, cast members. Yeah. All right. So how do we start this bad boy? Yeah. So it starts off and it, it like, it, you got the title card and it, it says a liberal adaptation. <laughs> so, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we know right away. I mean, and of course this is like a 13 minute long short. So obviously we're not going to squeeze an entire novel into yep. to that short of time. Absolutely not uh, the most comprehensive uh, adaptation. No, and, but it, it actually surprisingly, it, it covers the main points, but then it also does some kind of interesting variation stuff, which you wouldn't think it would have really the room to do. Like it, it manages to squeeze in more than you would expect in a silent short. Yeah. Quite a um, bit actually. Yeah. So like we start out like after the title card, we get the the first like, you know, I guess those are called title cards as well, where you have like the dialogue that you don't get from silent stuff. Uh, and it just says Frankenstein departs for college. Right. And we get like a very brief scene of him just literally leaving home to head to college. Yeah, he's, he's loving on Elizabeth uh, for a very short amount of time and then dons his cape and uh, top hat before doffing off. Yeah, and then we get another card that just says, two years later, Frankenstein has discovered the mystery of life. Right. So real quick, we just we basically yada, 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 Waldman. Yeah. So that's like half the book we've already covered in like less than a minute. Right. Um, but, you know, that's, that's what we need to do. So another uh, interesting thing, he's actually like kind of talking to a skull at this point. 
So we get a little bit of that magical angle. Yeah, yeah, you definitely get, like, it almost kind of, you know, obviously kind of feels like it reminds you of, like, the uh, Alas Poor Yorick thing, you know, like, the skull thing. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, there's definitely, like, a skull, you know, it's playing with, like, life and death. So we're obviously getting some sort of, like, gothic Frankensteinian imagery in here. And, yeah, he's kind of, like, taking notes and working on his experiments and stuff. And, yeah, he, I'm not sure, you know, again, because it's silent, I don't know if he's just talking to an actual just dead skull or if the skull is responding to him like if there's any like you said if it's magic or insanity or just you know sometimes you talk to yourself when you're alone and you project that on you know something that's around you well as i like Which to I... say porque no los dos right <laughs> right yeah yeah um so yeah then we get another card that says just before the experiment victor is writing elizabeth a letter which is already unique. So, you know, usually we have, like, Elizabeth kind of being neglected during his studies. Right, but not Here this he's, Yeah, not only is he writing her a letter, but he is telling her what he's doing. Mm-hmm. So we're not, you know, we're not going to have all that mystery of, like, him hiding his, you know, his actions or whatever. He's like, I've discovered the, the, you know, the secrets of life. I'm creating a new life. And as soon as I get that all straightened out, we'll get married soon and everything will be great. Yeah, so maybe that's actually the the way that Frankenstein has his happy ending. He just tells Elizabeth what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, I didn't mean to spoil the ending, but uh, it's, uh, it's it's a different ending. But, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, not only that, but so he goes ahead and starts making, well, dumping chemicals into his uh, creation. Yeah, and this creation scene is very strange. Um, but it feels like it maybe is a little bit closer to what happens in the book. You know, as we have said, you know, she kind of glosses over the specifics, but this does feel maybe a little bit, and it's it's definitely, like you said, there's chemicals involved. It, it feels more alchemical. And also the special effects here are really impressive for, you know, 1910. They're pretty cool for 1910. I mean, I would honestly say probably even going back to like 1940s or the 30s, this would be like, ooh, scary because yeah yeah i mean he throws the chemical concoction in this massive vat and then closes the door and then we see basically this well corpse reconstitute itself yeah it's like slowly kind of like arms kind of come up out of the this cauldron Mm -hmm. uh, and it's sort of skeletal and then it starts kind of like forming flesh and you know i looked at because i kind of thought i knew what was going on here but i looked it up just to see but like so they made like a puppet of the creature because you know for most of this movie it's a it's a guy like you know wearing kind of a raggedy costume or whatever um but you know they made kind of a puppet version and i think they made it like um an armature of something and then like wax over it and and then they melted it and then you know shot that in reverse so it makes like the wax just kind of crawls up this the skeletal form and, and creates this creature. Ah, you love it, you know. I, I believe yeah, we saw it, it in Child's Play and things like that. But man, it's it's good to see a good drippy uh, puppet in uh, reverse motion. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, and then you know it, we have like Victor outside of the vault, and like the vault door kind of opens. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you see, like, the creature's hands kind of reaching out, and Victor runs away. Yeah, well, you know how we know this is a Frank, a true Frankenstein adaptation? Because <laughs> he passes out on the bed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so he passes out in terror, and then we see the creature kind of come in and, like, loom over Victor in bed. And, yeah, the creature's very, it's like 
kind of goblin-like. It's got really long fingers, kind of claws. Uh, it's got, like, really crazy long hair that's just kind of sticking out in every direction. Yeah, it looks like its uh, face has been sewed on to the rest of the head. Yeah. It's really cool. Uh, I, I really yeah. like this design. Yeah, it, I mean, yeah, it's really impressive considering that, you know, they had no context. Like, this, this is completely, you know a unique design that they can't, you know, they haven't, they're not basing on, you know, decades of previous <laughs> versions. Right. Exactly. This is kind of their own thing. So yeah, I definitely dig that. But so yeah, as the creature, uh, the monster like slowly slinks into the, the room proper, or at least from behind the, um, bed shades, bed covers. Oh yeah. It's like a canopy type bed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Victor's going to do what Victor's going to do, or Frankenstein's going to do. He hops up, sees the creature, runs around a little bit, and then faints again. (laughs) Yeah. And that's when we get Uh, Clerval. Yeah, and so when he comes in, for some reason, like, the creature hides from him. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, Clerval just kind of comes in, sees a fainted Victor, and, you know, carries him out. And then, you know, we're all ready to, like, Victor returning home. Right, exactly. And you know this uh, this Victor actually when he returns home, he he looks pretty happy. He's not like the oh I fucked up Victor that we were so used to, you know. He's like yeah. a returning conqueror to a degree. Yeah, there was definitely like a triumphant like happy reunion. The family's there, mm-hmm. um, you know, which which will kind of make sense because you know in in the book you know Victor comes home because William has died, and in this. There's not even a William. <laughs> right. So there's no brothers. So. It's just just Victor. Maybe that's another key to his success is not having siblings. Yeah. Yeah, you know, we talked um, you know, we just talked about Terror of Frankenstein and then removing Justine, but here there's no Justine also and then no William, so not only do we not have the person to murder William, we don't even have William. So right, it's exactly. uh and yeah, so then we get a title card that says Haunting his creator and jealous of his sweetheart, for the first time, the monster sees himself. Right. <laughs> Which... <laughs> and it's, it's, it, this is an interesting scene because immediately, as soon as the, the title card goes away, you see the mirror and you're like, oh, that's going to be cool. Yeah, it's definitely like one of those things. Yeah, like you said, it's just like you see that mirror. It, it's like a Chekhov's mirror kind of yeah. thing where you're just like, I don't know what's going to go on with that mirror, but it's definitely there for a reason. Right. And then, of course, you know, we get a nice little scene with Victor and Elizabeth. She makes him a little bit of tea and then goes off off screen. And then uh, we get our good friend, the monster, coming in. Yeah. And so he comes in and it's like we see him in the mirror, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like reflected. Victor looks kind of scared. And then there's kind of like a confrontation between Victor and the creature that, you know, of course, we don't know exactly what's being said or whatever. Like, it's not super violent, but it's not, you know, there's there is like... Uh, like the creature kind of puts his hands on Victor, you know. Right. But then, presumably, they hear Elizabeth coming, and again, like he did with Clerval, the creature goes and hides. Like he doesn't want to be seen by right. anybody but Victor. Well, well, he hides behind the um... some kind of like curtain, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. He hides behind the uh, curtain, just like a kid would almost. <laughs> yeah. And so then, you know, Elizabeth comes back in, and you know, clearly Victor's like, okay, well, this, the dangerous monster's right there, so I need to get Elizabeth out of here. Right. So he kind of sends her away. And as she uh, does so, the monster like slinks to the other side of the curtain. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then he kind of again like kind of puts hands on Victor, and this time it's like kind of shaking him a little more. It looks a little bit more violent. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then all of a sudden he sees himself in the mirror. Right. Uh, and, you know, uh, like we see so often, like when the creature finally sees his own reflection, um, you know, he's kind of ashamed and, and like 
starts to understand why people maybe don't trust him or want anything to do with him. So he kind of runs away. And then we get the, well, before we go to the wedding night, can I just say how this, this actually gave me chills because I sat there and I was like, you know, if let's say I was just chilling at home and there was a mirror beside where I was sitting and I looked in that mirror and saw a face at the door. How fucking terrifying would that be? Right. Yeah. So I was like, ooh, that's a good one. If I ever write my Frankenstein uh, movie, uh, that'll be in there. <laughs> yeah, mirrors are just, it's they're, they're such an important part of horror. Like, uh, you know, whether you've got, like, vampires that you can't see or, like, you know, seeing a ghost in the mirror that you don't see in real, you know, in real life or, you know, all those moments where you've got, like, the bathroom mirror and they close it and there's, you know, the first there's not a reflection and then there is, you know, where there's, like, something's come up behind you while you're not looking. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it just, I think that, you know, I mean, like, even there's just all that stuff with, like, people would cover mirrors at, during funerals because they were afraid that ghosts would get trapped in them and stuff. Like, I think people have just been curious, but, like, slightly distrustful of mirrors ever since we invented mirrors, right. pretty much. Well, it's also kind of that uncanny valley thing. It's like, this is me, but it's not me. Or mm-hmm. it's our world, but reflected. And the idea of the yeah. mirror world itself. Yeah, everything's backwards, so maybe everything is, mm-hmm. you know, evil in some way. Right. Yeah, yeah. Mirrors, mirrors are definitely a fun horror trope, and you know, clearly they've been in horror films right from the from the get go. Exactly. But yeah, so we're going to the wedding night. Hey, you know what happens on the wedding night? The monster's going to be there with you on the wedding night. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Basically, we get the end of the wedding. We don't see the, you know, obviously we don't have time for a whole wedding cer- you know, ceremony. Right. We basically um, get we, the bridal party like, all right, bye. Yeah. It's like Victor and Elizabeth kiss. And then we, we kind of, the last part of the, the movie is like in this one room and we have like, there's rooms on either side that we never see, but people kind of come and go into them. Mm-hmm. Um, so like Victor sends Elizabeth into the room to the left, which presumably is like the bedroom. Yeah. And it seems like he's kind of, like, preparing the house for the night. Like, he's going around blowing out candles, kind of, you know, locking doors and stuff, getting ready for bed. Yeah, then Um, we get this really, like, so this is kind of a bright, warm, like, orange umber color. And then whenever the candles are all blown out and the monster comes in after Victor does his rounds, it turns to a blue. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Okay. So we have a, a simulation of night. Yeah, and I guess we yeah we should say so like this film was like it was lost for a long time then it was refound the version we watched was the like relatively recent like Smithsonian remaster of it Mm -hmm. Um, and they like these tents were in the original version and I think they got lost at some point and then the Smithsonian added them back but like this is this is the way people would have seen it back then with the like colorized um, you know it's not like it's not in color it's black and white but just like the whole film is tinted different colors at different points right exactly but it's very effective yeah like you said you, you know you get that blue and it's like he blew out the candles so it's dark now like we, we lose the orange we go to blue mm-hmm. yeah it's it's it is definitely very effective so once the monster gets in he decides he's gonna go ahead and uh have a little bit of a fight with frank or victor yeah and so like it ends up that like the creature ends up going into the bedroom where elizabeth is mm-hmm. And Victor then realizes that, like, he sees that door is open and he's like, oh, no. Like, it was closed a minute ago. But then Victor's getting ready to, like, run in there to help Elizabeth. But instead, she kind of falls out of the door back into that main room and just kind of collapses to the floor. 
Yep. And it's like, oh no, Elizabeth's dead. You know, like that's what we're expecting. Mm-hmm. But however, yeah, in this case, she's just kind of like fainted, like the creature kind of comes in and Victor and and like they have like a fight, you know, Victor's got like a candelabra kind of thing that he's kind of hitting him with, which I guess is sort of like, you know, fire. We always have to have like the creature facing off against fire. Yeah, And of course, as you mentioned, Liz, uh, Elizabeth passes out because she is a true Frankenstein after all. (laughs) Yeah. You know. Yeah, and so, like, the fight happens, and then, like, the creature flees, and then that's kind of when Elizabeth wakes up. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we didn't see what happened in the bedroom with her and the creature, but, like, every time that, you know, that we have seen Elizabeth on screen, the she like, the creature and Elizabeth are never in a scene together. Right. Um, you know, kind of I- implying that, like, it, there's the possibility that maybe Victor is imagining this in some way, um, you know, because... Elizabeth can never confirm that the creature is there as far as what we're seeing on screen. Right. And of course that doesn't get any better because the uh, creature runs into the room with the mirror, sees itself and it's like it, it's almost entranced or being absorbed into the mirror because for a moment there, he's like setting, uh, I, I guess the better word would be like convulsing <laughs> or he's, <laughs> he's like straining and then he's no longer like, he dissolves from the quote unquote real world and you do Mm -hmm. see the reflection. But then after a bit, when Frankenstein comes in, he disappears from the reflection. So now Victor is left with like nothing to show for it. Yeah. Yeah. It's real. Like the, the way that that all is done. And of course, you know, this is again, like camera tricks to, to be able to accomplish all of this Mm -hmm. back in, in, you know, back then, but yeah, like the creature fades out of, of the real world and Victor sees him in the mirror and it's like, but then, so Victor's standing in front of the mirror and he's not reflected in the mirror. The creature is. Right. Um, and then, yeah, like you said, slow, the creature kind of fades away and then it's like Victor's pointing at the creature and then the creature's gone and he's pointing at himself. Right. Um, which feels like. Maybe it's a bit you know, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Yeah, like it, there's there's definitely a lot that you could read into this that like you know maybe Victor's pointing at the monster, but actually Victor's the monster. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, whether whether like the creature existed, but Victor's the true monster, or maybe Victor was the monster itself, mm-hmm. um, you know, and like had these sort of it's almost like Fight Club or something. Right. Like he's imagined all these scenarios where there are two of him, but it's really just been him the whole time. Right. So the truth is, the alchemy he was with just got him really high. And he's had a bad LSD trip the whole time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's definitely, you know, a way that you could interpret this. But Uh, uh, at the end, we have the happy couple rejoice, reunite. And, uh, yeah, it's a happy ending we get for Victor and Elizabeth. Yeah, it's a a very rare instance where, you know, Victor and Elizabeth kind of get to, you know, go into the sunset together. And you know what else we get? (laughs) An abrupt abrupt ending! (laughs) Yes! (laughs) Yes! (laughs) Yep, so definitely set that precedent right away. Mm-hmm. We got to just... Ah. Yeah, I think it, it, it just cuts and it just says like March 18th, 1910. So the I guess end. that was the release date. I think that might actually have even been a title card that was added after the fact by the Smithsonian or whatever. Right. Um, but yeah, so, you know, super quick, super efficient. Uh, manages to kind of get the, the, the bullet points of the, the novel while also coming up with some kind of creative variations. So pretty impressive for, you know, the first, uh, you know, film adaptation. Right. I mean, even though this is technically a short, yeah. You know what? 
this this is probably one of the creepy well for its length i guess one of the creepier uh frankenstein adaptations i i definitely liked it it definitely had a mood maybe mm-hmm. maybe not creepy but definitely moody and i did yeah dug it. and everybody in it you know like um Charles Ogle is the is the actor who plays the the monster and yeah I mean he does a lot like he's you know again like if you've watched much silent movies you've got to do a lot with your face because you can't do anything with words right uh, and he's even under a bunch of makeup and he still manages to have a pretty expressive um, face that's a little you know be- between like his real face and the makeup like it's uh, it's a little jarring like it doesn't look real uh, you know it, it's yeah it's effective makeup considering there's not much going on with it and that, that, you know, they didn't have a lot of the the technology that we have now or that they would have had, you know, even, you know, 20 years later or whatever. Yeah, I would definitely say those still worth a watch. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. And uh, this one's pretty easy to track down. Like, I I believe the Smithsonian one is just on YouTube. Like, they just made it available to the public. Uh, Yeah, so, I mean, obviously it's, you know, well into the public domain. You gotta love that. Yeah. So, yep, definitely recommend that. It's it's a quick 20, you know, like f- not even 15 minutes, so shorter than a TV sh- episode. Right. Uh, yeah, so definitely definitely worth your time. Fair enough. All right, Anthony, we got anything else to say? Uh, that's all we got on that. So so also this, we should say, is our one-year anniversary. Happy so anniversary! This, yeah, so, you know, that's that's why we picked this, is like, you yeah. know, if we're going to, we've, we've done this for a year, we should kind of, look back to you know as as far back as we can go talking about frankenstein movies yeah kind of the one Uh, that started it all right yeah so you know we really appreciate everybody you know being with us for this crazy ride you know hopefully we'll we'll be celebrating another one of these a year from now right and uh yeah i mean it's been wild like i feel like we've you know we've learned a lot we've watched you know seen some movies we've not seen before and seen you know gotten to revisit some beloved classics that you know was fun to talk about and kind of you know dig into and analyze yeah you have some some favorites you found this this uh over the course of this year you know what? I, I absolutely have to say that I loved the um, what was it? Frankenstein: The True Story. That was the that was the two-parter oh, with Polidori and Dan, everything. No, the Dan Curtis one. I did like that one. It was the Dan Curtis Frankenstein that I. Loved. Oh yeah, that one. Yeah, it was just called Frankenstein. Yeah, that's definitely one of my favorites too. And I I thought I had seen it before we watched it for this, and and it was it was a new discovery for me, and that that's definitely been a high point of this year for me. Yeah, and uh, you know the one with Polidori was fun. It was just fun, you know. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, I I you know I still love the Hammer the Hammer Frankenstein movies. Those will always be in my heart, except for the rapey Frankenstein. I don't know if we could say that one. <laughs> Didn't didn't like that one too much, but yeah, yeah, that one's unfortunate. Yeah, Action Frankenstein is great though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I definitely enjoy it. those were ones that like I watched late in life, and I the first time I watched them, I wasn't like. It, it was I wasn't in the right headspace for them, and so I was like, "These are fine," but I, they didn't really do much for me. But yeah, this time around, I was just like, "Hell yeah, these are so great." Yeah, and also the like so i i watched kind of the original universal movies but like basically the first of each i hadn't delved mm. deep and it's really fun to actually see bella Lugosi play other things maybe not so much when he plays the monster i think that was a better <laughs> call to make Karloff the monster to begin with but absolutely um watching him play uh igor 
is he's oh, yeah. one of my favorite villains of all time. Yeah, Igor. It's it's such a shame that when most people like think of Igor, they're not really thinking of the Igor from the Universal movies. That's more what like a Fritz type character yeah. because. Igor is such an interesting, unique character. Yeah, um, and in the Universal do... movies, other than the creature, he's really the only character who like carries over from one to another. I mean, I guess uh, Larry Talbot does as well. But like, right, you can't uh, get rid of know. that guy. <laughs> yeah, but you know, he gets a nice arc over two or I think just two movies. But yeah, it's uh, or I guess three technically if you right. count the Lugosi creature as being you know. Uh, Igor's brain inside the creature. Right, which is really fascinating that they didn't... They just cut out the Igor speaking through the monster. That's such a weird thing, but I guess also that's probably a heavy departure and people didn't like that. Yeah. Yeah, I think that... Because, I mean, I think they did film it that way and then maybe it tested badly or whatever, but yeah, God, I wish that that footage existed somewhere. I would kill to see that. I would love that cut of that movie. It would be amazing. Yeah. All right, but what about you, Anthony? Is there something you learned that you didn't know previously? Did you find a new favorite? Um, I think the one that, like, you know, I, I agree with you about the Dan Curtis one, but another one was that the one we, um, the anime one, the Kaiki Densetsu, right? um, that that one, I was aware of it, but had never seen it. And man, that movie really got to me. It was really impressive. Like, that's the only one that I have rewatched since we did the episode because I liked it so much that I was like, I, you know, a couple days later, I was like, I got to watch that again. It was just so good. Right. You got to love an anime that gives you feels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, we definitely went into that and in the, like the, the religious stuff in that one just really like got me good. But, mm-hmm. but just that, that creature is just seeing all that stuff with him, with the family and like actually getting a really good long extended section where he has friends right. and then to lose it all was just, it was, oh. It was rough, but it was just so well done. Right. I agree with that. So uh, maybe in the next couple weeks, we'll uh, we'll have something fun happen with uh, Marvel. Who knows what's going on with that? Yeah, yeah. There's the that the trailer for that Werewolf by Night. There there was like a thing in there that was kind of Frankensteinian, but I don't think it's the creature. It, it almost looked like, I uh, forget the guy's name. There's like a, a British philosopher who is like, mummified in a box at like a university oh uh, is it fort or is it john d it's one of those kind of like you know right, alchemist yeah. kind of dudes uh but he's like you know still technically on the board of the college where he you know right. worked or whatever and it's just like he's in a in a glass box that they just like keep in a corner oh ulysses uh, bloodstone that's the character's name okay yeah no i think i think we might actually i you know this could be me. I know we're going to see Man-Thing, which is weird <laughs> that mm-hmm. we're going to get that. But uh, also, I, I could. I think I saw something that had a little bit of a flat top. I could be wrong. I could be completely crazy. But I think I think I saw a monster in there. That was- I'm hoping so. I, I, I mean, it just makes sense with, you know, I mean, obviously Marvel is just try you know they're they're at the top of their game right now everybody loves them they want more marvel content and you know i think of you know their marvel's just gonna keep going until people get tired of them so i i mean i think clearly them kind of going into this horror realm uh with uh you know with a new blade movie coming and with yeah obviously with with the werewolf by night like it just yeah it, uh, it feels like it's it's coming yeah it's time and yeah, you, you know so. what i want I want more Frankenstein content, so let's go. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. 
do you have any favorite episodes that we've done? I was thinking about that. Like, uh, you know, I, I kind of obsessively like go back and look at like how many people have listened to each episode, mm-hmm. and uh, one that like I don't think as many people has like has watched possibly just because like they don't have any way to track down the actual film is the um, which and of course I can't blame them if they if they well but they haven't listened to our episode but like the uh, the Italian reanimator <laughs> I think is still one of my favorite episodes of ours like it, that movie was terrible it was probably the worst thing we've watched this whole right. year but boy that episode was fun yeah yeah it was a lot of fun to talk about uh, that and um, not reagit not just reagitated that that was a wild ride in <laughs> of itself. Uh, what was the one where the three uh, women were pieced together into one? Oh, patchwork! Patchwork! Yeah, that was fun. I enjoyed that one. That was, yeah, that was a lot of fun talking and noticing the the orange juice and cereal combo. <laughs> uh, I think I think that's becoming a thing because I could swear I could have swear I saw somebody eating um, cereal with apple juice the other day in something I was watching, and I'm like, oh, is this a thing? Is this that's an underground weird. thing? We have fruit juice with our cereal now? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I, you know, the orange juice thing, I, like, put something, I don't know, you know, we have probably have people who listen who don't follow us on Twitter, but, like, soon after that, like, curiosity got the best of me, and I recorded a video of me trying <laughs> it and put it on, on Twitter. I loved it. Uh, it was great. <laughs> and, like, a couple of days later, our, our friend Don, who was in our Blackenstein episode, mm-hmm. he showed it to his wife, and she, I saw her, and she was like, I would saw a video of you eating cereal with orange juice yesterday. <laughs> yes. and I was like, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, you know, <laughs> I can't justify it. <laughs> right. But I was like, it was better than you would think. Uh, yep, absolutely. Maybe we could get this to catch on. Who knows? <laughs> no. But yeah, that kind of stuff, I, I enjoy the hell out of it. Just that the weird, like, niche stuff that we find. And uh, I just, yeah. I want to make this all this available to everybody one day. Yeah. Or at least all the content yeah, it's, that's really hard to find. Yeah, yeah, it's been... Yeah, that is the one hard thing is, like, we're doing... You know, we talk about a lot of obscure movies, and and sometimes that means we talk about movies that I have, you know, tracked down a, you know, weird, you know, Argentinian bootleg <laughs> or whatever. And like so sometimes it's like I don't expect people to go that far out of their way to find things. Yeah. Um, but hopefully we're doing a good enough job of like covering things that, you know, whether you've seen it or not, you can get something out of it. We, you know, that's why we try to go pretty in depth in the plot and then, you know, kind of dig in a little deeper as we go as well. Yeah, absolutely. And those, uh, those episodes with Santos, oh, those were just fun. Mm hmm. Ah. Yeah, I have, I've actually been digging around and apparently there are a couple other Santos movies that have Frankensteinian things in them that we might be able to do another little series of Santos movies somewhere down the line. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, and you know, I think another thing that, you know, it's just been super fun to like find creators that, you know, are, are doing new stuff about, you know, re- related to Frankenstein and get to talk to some of those people. You know, we've talked to a couple of authors and a couple of directors and um, yeah, it's been, it, it's nice to know that the torch is continuing to be passed and more people are making stuff. Uh, and hopefully we'll get to continue to talk, you know, we've, we've made jokes about like getting free stuff and that's cool and everything, but like also, you know, it's just really great to support, uh, independent creators who are, you know, who like the same stuff we like and are trying to make more of it for, for us all to enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, Paul Serino and, uh, Julian David Stone meeting those guys, Mm -hmm. Don Glute. Ah, 
it was it was just a blast. And then, yeah, and then just you know, just a week or two ago, you know, we talked to Tim Kirk, Kirk. and yeah. he was so much fun. Like, um, I've already been like talking to him more that like you know we're probably gonna because we're having so much fun talking to him that we'll probably get him on again, even yeah. though it'll be talking about non Frankenstein related stuff, just because like we just really got along well with him. Yeah, I'm not. Um, may, we can cut this if, if this offends anybody, but I'm gonna say talking to. to Tim Carrick was like just meeting a friend I hadn't talked to in a long time. And I had never, never met the guy before in my life. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Like, you know, like we said, uh, you know, like as soon as we signed onto the call, he was just like off to the races. He was just ready to talk about Frankenstein and we just had a blast. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, definitely expect to hear more from him in the future and, you know, we'll, we'll keep you all posted as he does new things because yeah, that's the kind of creator that we, we like to support. Absolutely. 100%. Hundred percent. So Anthony, yeah, going back to you. So, yeah, what's your what's your number one favorite episode that you've done so far? Like, out of all of them, what is your favorite? I I think that I mean I, you know like I said I think that 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 Italian Reanimator one is probably our most fun episode, but I think maybe our best episode and like was one of the hardest ones we had to record was the Skin I Live In one. Like that Ooh, one. Okay. It felt. It felt very raw when that came out. Like it, it just coincidentally found found the right or wrong time to talk about that movie. You know, considering what was going on in the world and yeah. it's, it's still going on in the world. Uh, and it felt it was very cathartic to have this upsetting and strange movie as like sort of a, a canvas to have this conversation on top of. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know, I hope that it was uh, was helpful to other people. Um, you know, who maybe were were dealing with some stuff. Uh, you know as that new news had come out that, that you know, yeah. all the, the row stuff like, um, so yeah, it, it felt, it felt like a good way for us in our sort of weird niche <laughs> of talking about Frankenstein movies for us to keep doing what we do, but in a way where we were acknowledging what was going on in the world and, and, you know, kind of analyzing how that's been like an ongoing problem in, you know, human society since, you know, long before this particular Supreme court hearing or whatever. Exactly. Did you say a, a favorite episode? I was gonna say I don't. I I said many because I have that problem where I can't have a <laughs> yeah. single favorite. Yeah, it's just it's been it's been such a good time. Like there's there's not an episode like I, I really don't think there's one where I, like where we've gotten off the call and I've been like, man, that one was kind of a dud. Like right? I, it's just been it's just been fun. I mean, I hope everybody else feels that way. You know, we're just we're just two friends talking so it's it's a good time you know no matter what for us but mm-hmm. uh hopefully hopefully they're all sticking for everybody else as well yeah 100 percent. i mean you know i i feel like our our joy with this may be infectious i hope but yeah 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 you know because we every time we get off we're like that was a good one that was a good one <laughs> yeah. i think maybe like our first three we were like well that was yeah that was kind of rough but you know yeah, as we've gone, it's just like every time we're like, I think we're getting better at this. Right. I think this is, this is L- yeah. Listen, so. if we're not, I don't want to hear it because I, <laughs> I don't need my dreams crushed like that. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, you know, we, we definitely welcome rates and reviews, but, you know, mm-hmm. five, five stars only on the on the <laughs> iTunes. If you got you got problems, reach out to us at Gmail. We're, we're happy to discuss, you know, yeah, we'd yeah. love to hear constructive criticism. Yeah, I, I'm really um, good at pressing that delete button. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we, we, we actually welcome constructive criticism. We, we yeah, know we have, we've not really gotten any criticism, but we, we've definitely talked to a lot of people on, you know, 
uh, over email and you know Twitter and Instagram, and that's been uh, a lot of fun. You know, we we plug that every week, but mm-hmm. not just because you know we always talk about the the algorithms and stuff, and like that engagement is helpful. But like we legitimately do want to talk to you guys. Like we you know yeah. we have fun with it. Um, so you know every time you know we get notifications in Twitter or whatever, like I'm always excited to jump on there and see you know see what people are talking about um so yeah we, we definitely you know it's at you know at the frankencast and all those places but like yeah definitely love that's been one of the really nice things about this year is like you know i feel like there's there's a couple people who like we have like genuinely become friends with yeah. because of you know just chatting about frankenstein on social media with them yeah the last uh book on the shelf guys I mean, mm-hmm. Hayden, TJ, uh, John. Yeah, yeah. Chatting with those guys a couple of times has been really nice. And, yeah, talking to them online. And, you know, we gotten to be on the Dads from the Crypt podcast. And yeah. that was also a lot of fun. So, yeah, it's uh, it's been nice. We, we really enjoy talking to everybody and, you know, interacting on, on, you know, getting other people on our show and getting, you know, getting to be on other people's shows and just kind of spread the, the love of horror movies and monsters and, you know, Frankenstein especially. But... Just, you know, all that good stuff. 100%. We could talk about horror movies all day. <laughs> and we we kind of have many times over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, at this point, if you, like, tried to, like, just stay up and binge through our whole catalog, you've got a couple days' worth of material, especially if you get into the Patreon. That's right. And the, honestly, like, I'm not trying to shill for us. I mean, I kind of am. But, like, I think our Patreon episodes have, have been pretty damn good. Like I, oh, yeah. I, I like I like the monster stuff, but our our kind of off the cuff conversations are also just fun. Yeah, yeah, we've been you know kind of really entrenched in like the monsters month thing over there for a little bit, and those are, yeah, like you said, they've been a lot of fun. But mm-hmm. yeah, I'm excited to kind of get back to just some some weird uh, one off things as well there. Like it's yeah. yeah, it's it's really fun to just like sit down with without like a complete outline of what we're gonna go through and just see what happens. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> I don't know if it's magic, but it's fun. <laughs> some of them, are, I think some of them have been like some of our best episodes, actually. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we always talk about the uh, what makes a Frankenstein movie episode, the, uh, our, our very first Patreon episode. And, yeah, I mean, that's definitely among some of my favorite stuff we've ever recorded. Yeah, easily. But, yeah. Th- but this is kind of a uh, off-the-wall thing. But, you know, we were talking about how long we could be doing this, potentially. Uh, at this moment... Uh, looking at our schedule, we potentially have another, uh, what is it, 250 to 300 episodes? <laughs> yeah. Like, there is uh, a lot Assuming, of you know, content. 50-ish a year, that's a couple more years. That's Yep, that's amazing. Yeah. Make more Frankenstein stuff and we'll talk about it. Absolutely. Yep, fair enough. All right, you got anything else? I think that covers it. So we just thank you all so much for for going along for with us for this ride, you know, for the past year, and hope to see you for the oncoming how many ever years we're we're able to keep doing this. Um, you know, we we welcome talk, like we said all the you know social media engagement, rates and reviews, and Patreon and stuff. But really, just we're happy to just have you here listening with us, you know, week by week. That's, that's yeah. enough. Uh, it's, it's been a real joy to, to get to do this for a year. Exactly. Yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad we definitely, the moment you threw that up on Twitter and was like, will anyone talk to me about Frankenstein stuff? I'm really glad that I was like, hell yes, I will. Me too. Yep. 
yeah, I didn't know if anybody would bite. I, I I had no idea who, if anybody would. And yeah, I was like, oh, Eric, yeah, that'd be interesting. We, you know, we don't get to talk too much. That'll yeah. be, that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. And yeah, it has been. It's been so much fun. Indeed it has. All right, folks. Well, we've plugged everything we can plug already. Uh, I think we've chugged everything we can chug already. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the only thing I, I could say is I think... I think next time uh, we we've got some brand new monster stuff to dust off. Hopefully, yeah, it should be. I think when this episode airs, the monsters film will have just come out. Uh, we thought we'd give everybody a week to kind of get to to catch up on it and everything. So if all all goes according to plan, uh, you know, we record a couple weeks in advance, so th- it's not out yet to us, but um, we will be able to watch that and. It should be, yeah, the the Rob Zombie movie finally out for everybody to see. Right. Uh, and you'll get to find out what we have to say about it next week. Yep. And as always, to be continued. Looks like you survived another episode. The Freaking Cast is a production of FCR Media. It's hosted by Anthony Bowman and Eric Velasquez. Follow us on Twitter at The Freaking Cast. Or send us a letter at thefrankencast at gmail.com. Our cover art is by Amanda Keller. You can find her at Keller Illustrations on Instagram. Our theme music is by Vivek Abhishek. Thanks for listening.